You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome to a new episode of our weekly Sixers Talk. He's Mr. Paul Hudrick. I'm Jazz Kang. Paul, the Sixers, huge game last night, major playoff implications, the tiebreaker, obviously the standings at the top of the East. The Sixers up 13 points late in the third quarter. You're looking at this like, okay, these guys are going to run away with this one. Giannis Antetokounmpo scores 15 points in a row, brings his team back. You were at the game last night. What was it like at the center? It felt very playoff-y, um, uh, very positive atmosphere for most of the night, um, not so much towards the end, but it was, uh, everyone was wild. I mean, it was, people were up on their feet at the end, like we, the media, we had to stand up because all the fans were standing up, so like, in order to see, we all had to stand up um, towards the end of the game, because it was just some really, if you just were watching that as a basketball fan, just some really impressive shot making and, and plays down the stretch from two really good basketball teams. I mean, flat out, that's that's what you saw um, as far as, like, the environment. I think the crowd definitely brought it. Um, I think the players were all on both sides. I think you could sense there was a little bit more to it. It wasn't just a, a regular season game. I mean, granted, you know, it, the playoffs are going to be a little bit different, and it's going to have a little bit of a different feel. But it was, uh, you know, in, a, in this 82 regular season game slog that we go through every year with guys in and out of the lineup and all that, to watch two relatively healthy contending teams this late in the season go at each other, it was it was a really fun atmosphere to say the least. Paul, when when you were watching that game, and obviously, like you're saying, you're you're in the building. I and again, I'm not picking on this, but basketball, and I think some people tend to forget this. It's it's yes, you you're going to have a shot at the end, but there's little things that pile up during a game that have an impact at the end. One of those plays was, and, and I look back at it at the end of the third quarter where Giannis had five seconds and literally took two dribbles and took, you know, three gigantic steps and obviously could dunk the ball, make Paul Millsap like a, look like a turnstile just standing there. Uh, when you're looking at at those moments, and I know, you know, some of the complaints were we didn't see DeAndre Jordan get any minutes yesterday. No, nobody was complaining about that, but we saw Paul Millsap. A lot of people wanted to see Paul Reed. That's because we've seen Paul you Reed play against game. Giannis. Yeah, and, and he played against some Paul. I remember back in November where, you know, Joel was hurt. The Sixers stuck around with that team. Uh, Paul Reed got about 25 minutes there, but he he has an impact in the sense of you look at Millsap's stat, it was zeros across the board except for a steal. Uh, couldn't, you know, didn't even bring rebounding, didn't do anything where Paul Reed is a guy, again, young, still figuring out his way in the league, but would have probably maybe grabbed an offensive rebound, maybe got a couple of defensive rebounds. We don't know. But when you're looking at that, and Doc talked about it after the game where he was saying that he, you know, he thought about going to Paul Reed. Do you put any of that loss on him? And 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 I'm, I know I'm going a little bit long-winded here, but because the other thing I look at too, at the end of that game where the Sixers had a couple of possessions to tie the game, get back in, in front, we saw Philly take a timeout. 
It was a simple pick and roll on the on the right side of the court with uh, Harden and Embiid. But resulted in, I mean, Embiid did get a shot off, not a great look, but it was a shot. And then after that, we had the Harden attempt, which was going for three, not a great shot again. And from what I've seen, some of the best coaches in the NBA, when they're coming out of a timeout, at the very least, they're setting up a play that gets a good look. Doesn't mean it's going to go in every time, but they are setting up some sort of action that will result in an open look for a guy. Like when you look at, Doc shortcomings in this game. Do you think it's fair to say he could have made some decisions that would have helped his team and maybe win the game at the end? I would push back on the late game stuff, to be honest with you. Um, because I think, and they talked about it a lot into the game, Doc and 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 James Harden and, and Joel Embiid. Uh, I think they're just also like also new together. I, I think when you look at the last two teams they played, the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, literally the two teams that played in the finals last year, and they both really are essentially playing with their closing groups from the finals, right? Um, whereas the Sixers, their closing group, they only really have two guys from it, uh, Joel Embiid and, and Tobias Harris. James Harden has only been with the team for 15 games. Tyrese Maxey rarely ever got to close games as a rookie. Um, and then the last spot is a revolving door. We don't know who, like, some nights it's George Niag. Some nights it's rarely it's Matisse Thibel. Some nights it's going to be Danny Green. So, um they don't really have that continuity there. So I think I tend to think that the late game execution was just basically they got schooled by two teams that just ha are just better at it because they've been doing it and because they've been together as a team. So I don't really fault Doc as much for that, but maybe it doesn't get to that point if, A, uh, you know, certainly fair that they he could have done anything other than play Paul Millsap, could have played Paul Reed, could have done anything else, but could have gone small, could have done a, a lot of other things. But what bothered me more is where's the help defense? Why are they not – like every time – Milwaukee, conversely, every time Joel B touched the basketball, he's seeing two or three guys flying at him. Giannis is getting – rarely getting double teamed. Like – what is happening? This guy is 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 an multiple you know MVP of this league, a Finals MVP. Um, has a chance to win it again this year. Made a hell of a case for it last night and has all season long. Where's a double on him? Especially when Paul Millsap is guarding him. Where is the help? Like that's what I'm watching. Like, cause you're right, Jazz. You're watching. It's just layup, layup. It's like what what's happening? Like someone's got to do something here. So like Paul Millsap, grab him. Like like. You know, yeah. like just just grab him and foul him. Do something because what you're doing is not working. Um, so to me, that is, is more where they lost the game. And then going into the fourth quarter, you're hanging on to this eight point lead, and you go with a lineup no James Harden and no Joel Embiid on the court. I, I respect that Doc is experimenting; he's trying some different things. But with all due respect, I do not think an experiment which includes. Joel Embiid and James Harden, neither of them being on the floor for any period is a good experiment. Now, it's the regular season. When we get to the postseason, perhaps that will be a thing that won't happen. But in the regular season, if that's the case, then okay, fine. Um, you're trying to save legs. You're trying to look at different things, whatever. Uh, but if that happens in the postseason, that would be rather egregious. So to me, that's where more of the game was lost. You had a double-digit lead, and then Giannis gets that easy layup at the end. Um, you you basically blow the entire lead in the fourth quarter with that with that with the lineup group that just doesn't feature your two superstar players, and, and then at that point the game was even, and then you left it up 
to that late game execution to make it matter. And the Bucks just, again, just have more experience than you in that department, in this iteration of their team. And it showed big time. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where to me, you're right. And you know, we're looking at this, they've only really had Harden for roughly, you know, five weeks, six weeks. If you, you know, they had the week off for the all-star break, you didn't play the first week. So yeah, they're, they're figuring that out. But I, I'm with you, even on the defensive end, there was times like Giannis went 16 of 24 yesterday from the field. You know, he, like he, shoot, he hit 66.6% of his shots. Like you're saying, do something, change, change up the game plan, get the ball out of his hands, make uh, Brooke Lopez hit some three pointers. You know what I mean? Make Jeru Holiday hit some outside shots, whatever it is. Just don't let that freaking guy eat you up the way he did. And like you mentioned, going into that, that the end of the third quarter, I think it was 85, 72 at one point for the Sixers. And I'm like, okay. They got this. You know what I mean? Like they're they're playing well. Get another couple of shots. Maybe get it to 16, 17. Put this thing to bed. And then it was just Giannis layup. Giannis layup. Giannis layup. You know what I mean? And it was there. There was nothing to stop that. And I'm with you. You look at the first three minutes of that fourth quarter. The Sixers get outscored 10 to 4. Milwaukee gets back in the game. And then it was two really good teams going back and forth. Ultimately, the Sixers, if they had an extra possession, which by the way, and I did talk about this with Jackson on the on the uh, post game pod yesterday. There should have been three seconds on that clock. Not to say James Harden yeah. would have hit a hit a you know half court heave, but at least it would have gave him a shot. And again, I'm not going to say that's the reason why should have occurred. Right, the clock should have been stopped at the moment of the goaltender. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's, and it's, it's just it's, had it's, some it's, extra time. It's it's not the reason they lost. Clearly, like they they lost that game because they lost that game. But like that rule sucks, right? Where like they they called a jump ball when clearly. So if they got it's the officials' mistake, right? Because they got the call wrong and it had to be reviewed. And the Sixers get punished for it. Because if the play just goes down, they don't call a goaltend. It's a block. It's clearly off Giannis. The Sixers still have a shot with 1.6 seconds left to get a look, right? So, I mean, it's just yeah. that rule sucks. Uh, I, I don't know what rule. you do to change it. I don't know how you change it, but it's dumb. Yeah, that was that was stupid. You're moving the team back, you know, to center court. And when, like, like you said, if the, if the call was it. But, I mean, they said it was a goaltending. They said, it, you know what, and then they went back on it. Um, crazy play by Giannis, too. I mean, uh, like you mentioned, just the MVP level <laughs> stuff. Play. The guy was great. And, and, and so to me, Paul, I, I think that that's where the, the frustration came in with, with Doc was, like you said, and yeah, it's the regular season, but this game meant a hell of a lot. You know, you look at the bigger picture stuff. This team is now a game and a half back of Miami uh, for the top spot in the in the East, one back in the loss column, two back in the win column. Uh, now Milwaukee, you're a game back, but you're basically two back because you've lost the tiebreaker to, to the Bucks now. And so to me, it, this was a game where I, I would maybe want to see Joel get, to, and he did play some extra minutes compared to regular, or regular his uh, regular amount of playing time. And James Harden, you want to see those guys getting the extra run because that game meant a hell of a lot in the standings. And now you're looking at this, and if we start talking about big picture stuff here, Paul, the Sixers to me, and I, Jackson and I kind of got in, we differed on this yesterday, but to me, you want to avoid that two seed because you don't want to play Brooklyn in round one. Not because you're afraid of the Nets, Let's be real. If you're going to go through the playoffs, I'd rather play two really good teams in the Eastern Conference rather than three, right? You know what I mean? Brooklyn is to me is is right there. No disrespect to the Bulls. No disrespect to teams like the Raptors who are who are playing great lately. But to me, it's Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and Brooklyn. Those are your top five. And and you're looking at that. The Sixers now in fourth would play the Bulls in round one. But again, a lot of stuff is going to change here in the in the coming you know ten or so days or before the season ends. So where do you think the Sixers are going to end up ultimately? Are they still maybe playing for seeding? Because you look at their schedule, they got the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. Thank goodness they got two games against the lowly Pistons, two games against the Pacers. They should be able to take care of business there. So where where do you think the Sixers, as, as a team, the mindset is now going into these final seven games? 
Well, I want to point out one thing, actually. So Joel Embiid um, was definitely under the weather because he came out for his postgame presser, had some some NyQuil in his hand. Um, and you could see he heard he was definitely congested. His eyes looked a, a little heavy like he he definitely, you know, that plane ride from the West Coast must have not been too kind to him um, because he looked like he was struggling a little bit. So. Um, that's not to make an excuse for the guy. And listen, he actually still played pretty damn well, uh, considering all that. So, um, but it just makes you wonder, like, does, if he's in a better state of mind, does he dunk that last ball instead of trying to go with that kind of soft bank shot? Um, uh, does he come up short on that jumper a, a couple minutes earlier? Uh, just, you know, just kind of food for thought. So, um, but as far as the seeding stuff and like the big picture stuff, I, I'm at a point where. They're probably they're going to be in the top four. Uh, I can't imagine them falling because, th- like you already alluded to, the schedule's so easy. The easiest of all the teams, like they're going to wind up in the top four. And you know, Boston's playing sensational basketball, even though their schedule is actually very difficult down the stretch. They're playing really, really well. Um, Miami's kind of was kind of leaking oil there. They they got it together the other night, but they're they were kind of leaking oil for a minute. Um, and their schedule isn't exactly a cupcake. And I think. Um, Milwaukee's is like middle of the road, if, if I'm not mistaken. So um, for that reason alone, you still have a legitimate shot at the one seed. For me, I, I've never been a guy who believes in playing for a seed. Y- you play. Um, you play and, and you let the chips fall where they may. You, you try to win as many games as you can. Um, you let the chips fall where they may. Because I think you get into a dangerous game when you start trying to manipulate stuff. When Because then two things, I, I think. Um, one, you might get what you ask for, and that might not be great. Cause then that other team knows you were doing that and you give them a little extra motivation. Um, and if you're ultimately, listen, if, if it's the Chicago bulls, yeah, the Sixers are ultimately a better team and they should win a seven game series, but you don't want to give the bulls like an extra chip on their shoulder for them to make it a little chippy and a little ugly and a little physical and give them a little extra juice to make that series tougher than it has to be. Um, and I just think like you're, I, I get you like your point is totally Fair and like, yeah, like if like me sitting here looking at the standings, yes, I, I it would be much better for the Sixers to avoid the Brooklyn Nets, but you're gonna have to play good teams in the Eastern Conference, it's just the reality of it. Um, they've handled Chicago and Cleveland, so if they wind up getting matched up with them, that would work out really well because that's the other thing, too. Jazz is like it's so jumbled that you don't know, like Toronto might wind up five, that's not out of the yeah. realm of possibility, they might wind up the fifth seed, and then so if you drop the four thinking you're going to get Chicago, you might wind up with Toronto and you don't want Toronto in there. I don't want to, I might fear Toronto more than Brooklyn in the first round. Yeah. That's a little crazy to say, but like the way the stuff that Nick nurse does and the weird stuff he throws at Joel and beat in the Sixers over the years. I don't want a part of that in the first round. I really don't. Um, Not that I really want Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first round, either. So, <laughs> but that's my ultimate point is like, I, I just, I think you're playing a dangerous game when you start trying to pick matchups. And I think no matter what, you're going to have to play a tough team. And I think everybody's going to have to play a tough team in a tough matchup. The Eastern conference is going to be a bloodbath. So like to me, you win as many games as you can. You let the chips fall where they may most importantly, more important than anything. And I've said this uh, every time we've done this, I feel like the health of James Harden, the health of Joel Embiid. If you don't have that, the seating doesn't mean anything. So um, it, it's balancing that of, I, again, the easiest schedule. So you should have moments where you could give Joel a night off and still win or give James Harden a night off and still win because you're playing some of these lesser teams. Um, 
but it's it's going to be a balancing act, I think, for the rest of the season. And and they're I, I, to me at least, and Doc Rivers said this too as well pregame. Like they're going to try to win. They're going to try to win games, and whatever happens, happens. All right, Paul. I want to jump into a couple more things. Let's do that after a short break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, and, and and again, I think big picture, it is more about getting your big guns, specifically Harden and Embiid, healthy, making sure they're ready to go. And that, that, there is one positive that I saw in, in in yesterday's game from Harden. He looked a lot better. And again, it's not like he's had time off or or you know he took a, took any games off there. He played both games in LA, played against the Suns, and, and that was obviously a tough one. But yesterday, he just looked a little bit more spry. He looked a little bit more athletic. Uh, obviously, still missing a step from his heyday with with Houston. But getting to the hole, uh, looking for his shots and, and, and the three-pointer, you know, it was falling. So for me, I, I think they're on the right track. And again, looking at this right now, if they let's just say hypothetically they go six and one, that gets you to 52 wins. You're probably at that going to be at the maybe three or four, depending on what happens with the other teams. Because you talk about strength of schedule. Boston's got the fourth hardest remaining strength of schedule. Uh, Milwaukee, the ninth. And then Miami is at, at 13. So those teams are going to have some tougher matchups and, and I'm with you when you're looking at that Eastern conference, like the Raptors are good, you know? Yeah. They don't have a quote unquote superstar, but Fred Van Vliet, all-star player, Pascal Siakam playing a lot better too. They're going to get an OG and an OB like these, these guys can all ball and you're looking at it. Okay. Um, let's just say the Sixers get up to the number one seed. Like, yeah, taking on Charlotte, the Hornets have been playing really, really good basketball. Does that mean that the Sixers shouldn't be favored? No, I think the Sixers still win that series. But like you said, that's not going to be easy. So for me, I'm looking at this and saying, yes, I, I, I don't want to try and like play games to avoid that matchup. But I'm saying for the sake of the easiness for the Sixers, you're hoping it's Chicago or Cleveland in round one. And again, no disrespect to those teams. I just think that that would be a more favorable thing. They matched up well. Yeah. I mean, you look at yeah, the matches. They they Brooklyn, they, you know I don't think I mean? they've lost. They haven't lost to either team this season. So of course, like if you can, yeah. if you wind up with one of those, you're, you're going to feel really good about yourself um, going to that matchup. But yeah, y- your point with Harden, um, he has looked great. I have a weird theory and I have nothing. There's no inside information on this. This is just me wildly speculating, but I feel like with that hamstring being at home, is probably really helpful because he's getting the full array of treatment that he's supposed to be getting. And, you know, he's at the, he's got the team's full um, medical and athletic training staff at his disposal. He's got, you know, the team's practice facility and their medical facilities on hand. And I feel like that's probably a pretty large advantage for him um, compared to when you have to spend three days out West and, you know, he, he has a big night against the Clippers and then struggles against the Suns where he looks like he could barely move. And that's probably a big part of that, you know? Um, so, 
that's going to like his health is going to be really interesting because it, he's been pretty volatile, right? Like again, that Suns game, he couldn't get by DeAndre Ayton. Like he mm-hmm. just, he couldn't blow by him. Then he goes up against the Milwaukee team. That is no slouch on the defensive end. And he looked like James Harden. He looked like vintage James Harden doing a lot of the things he does well. Um, and yeah, I, I think there are a lot of encouraging signs when you look at him and you look at Joel Embiid and the, th- and the adjustments they're making to each other. And the way they're kind of running the pick and roll, there's some things that they need to iron out and some things I think they can get better at. But yeah, I, I the funniest to me is the whole catch and shoot things with James Harden where he just like doesn't catch and shoot. He's wide open. He just doesn't do it because he's so not used to it. Like his brain kind of doesn't like he's so used to guys flying at him. He's not used to having a, a, a seven footer in the post that demands all this attention. So he's going to get a shot that's wide open. Um, you even saw the one he took a dribble to his left first and then took it and it, and it went in. I mean, whatever works, right? I mean, if, if that's what it takes, take a little dribble and, and have it go down. But um, to his credit, and Doc Rivers credited him for this too. He said that after shoot around, um, he's doing like he's really working on catching shoot threes. That's something he's really trying to retrain his brain to say, okay, I'm open. Like I gotta shoot it. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's two guys who have just never played with a player like that and having to adjust to it. It's not easy. Um. I think a lot of the times when they've played well, it's just sheer both of them being great and just overcoming that newness and, and not, you know, and, and figuring all that out. It's they're just so good that they're able to overcome it. So, I mean, that that's another reason why I think as much as you want those guys, the rest, they got to play because they really got to build that continuity, especially as we already discussed in those late game situations when it's close. Um, how do they get buckets down the stretch? What actions do they run? Like what, how are defenses going to react to them and how do they respond? And I think that, and, and I do think that's where you know going back to what I was saying at the start of the the uh, podcast here, Paul, is that yeah, I think I want to see the coaching staff do do some more with that, and 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 maybe look at setting up some plays where again, not going to result in a bucket every time, but you're getting open looks at the very least, and and you know you're talking about catch and shoot threes. I think the Sixers have looked more assertive in terms of being more confident and catching and shooting. I think Tobias Harris, although he struggled from from three yesterday, going two of eight. You know, that's an encouraging sign that he's catching it and firing it up right away because he knows he's got a couple of seconds, you know, before a guy closes out on him. And looking at, again, you know, going back to that Milwaukee game yesterday, the Sixers were 9 of 16 at one point from three. They were played, that was in the in the second quarter, went 7 of 25 the rest of the way. And if they hit, you know, one or two of those shots, that's a completely different game. So, again, I like some of the looks they were getting, but I do want to see Doc and, and the coaching staff at least implement something that, hey, you know what, we got some sets here that we can run that we're going to get good looks out of, and especially when we're struggling. And I think I haven't seen that enough from, from the team all season. Let's let's wrap up on this, Paul. Uh, Joel Embiid, 29.9 points per game, or 29.7, I think he's at. Uh, LeBron James at 30.1. Giannis is right there. Kevin Durant's right there. What is just a star-studded list at the top of the of the scoring list. Who do you think is going to end up on, on top there? You think Joel's going to end up winning the scoring title? I'm not sure. Um, I could see LeBron winning it only because um, the Lakers are awful and somebody's got to score points. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's like the only reason I think LeBron might very well win the scoring title um, because credit to him, as much as they suck, he still shows up every night and he still plays hard and he still is really good. So for that reason, he might win it. And I think Joel might take some time off. And I think Joel, I, again, I think him and James are really going to be working on stuff down the stretch. So, Maybe he's not as aggressive looking for his points. Or, you know, the other thing is, too, they're playing a lot of bad teams. Uh, so maybe he just doesn't have the opportunity to score a lot of points because they're getting them out of games early. So 
Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to win. If he does, it'll be really impressive. I mean, the first big man to win it since Shaq, he would be. So, I mean, that would be a really impressive feat in and of itself. Um, and maybe or and maybe it's conversely, like maybe it's actually they're playing bad teams. So he has an opportunity to kind of run it up and pad it up and, and put up a bunch of points. So um, I can see that going either way. But if I if I had to guess, I, I'm probably putting my money on LeBron right now. But I, I think it'd be definitely 100 percent has as has really as good a chance as anybody and a really good one. Yeah, and as we mentioned, they got a cupcake schedule. So you're taking on the Pistons a couple of times. Just try and score 40 within the first three three quarters <laughs> and get the hell off the court because that's going to be the most important thing. It's going to be fun, Paul, down the stretch. You know what I mean? We're looking at the standings. And, and like you mentioned, obviously, it was a big loss for the Sixers yesterday, but still lots of stuff to sort out. We don't know what's going to happen in terms of who's going to finish at six, five, basically four or five all the way through even the bottom half of the, of the playoff picture. So uh, tons of fun stuff coming up. We'll have you covered at Liberty Ballers. Don't forget, Paul basically our lead producer at the site. So he has you covered with all the, a lot of written content. And also on the audio side, you can make sure you subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Always appreciate a five-star review as well. And again, check us out, libertyballers.com. We'll have you covered for the stretch drive of the season and into the playoffs. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.